When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and, and were going, uh, going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one in your relative, among your relatives that has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea were talking about all these things. Everyone who had heard was, uh, was wondering about it, asked, What is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied. Praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for those in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets so long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for Him, to give His people the knowledge of salvation, through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come upon us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. Here ends our gospel lesson. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our salvation. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us today. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. You know, this week I got on my computer and I opened it up to the main page, uh, you know, your main page that when you, you get online. And you know, one of the things that I saw, it's Yahoo Canada, and they have these little news bites that flash up on the screen. And so one of these news bites said, Naked Virgin Mary stirs controversy. So I had to read that article. And you know what? When I, went, when I got on to that website or the, that news item, I want to show you what was on my computer screen. Now, I really thought hard, and what should I do this? But I'm going to do it. You see, there's Joseph, there's Mary, they're in bed, and it says, poor Joseph, God was a hard act to follow. That is disgusting. 
Do you agree? I mean, are you offended by it? Yeah, I'm, you, you can say yes. It's okay. It's dialogical today. Are you offended by it? Do you think this is wrong? You know what? Let me tell you what this is about. Do you think some atheist put this on the website? No. You know who it was? It was an Anglican church in Auckland, New Zealand that put this up in the front of their church. The purpose was to dialogue with the community about what the, about essentially progressive Christianity, saying that we don't believe this anymore. We do not believe in the virgin birth. We don't believe in it. Why don't we blank the screen, James? We don't believe in that anymore. What we want to dialogue with you about is we want to dialogue with you about the real miracle in Christmas. And the real miracle in Christmas is that Jesus was with the poor and that his death um, and God is with the poor. God welcomes the outcast. God welcomes all the bad people in the world and excludes the priests and excludes the other sort of these, these righteous people And that's what we celebrate, and his resurrection vindicates that. It makes that real. But not that Jesus really was resurrected, but that that kind of community with God can happen. It was meant to lampoon, to gore, what we confess every Sunday in the Apostles' Creed. What do we say? We believe in Jesus Christ our Lord, who was what? Conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. And what does that mean? That means, and we talked about this last week, or the week before, that that means, and what does that mean for Lutherans and our Lutheran confession? It means that Jesus Christ is true God and true man that he was conceived by the power of God through the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary, that he received his human nature from the Virgin Mary. That it was an act of God and that after the Christ child was conceived in Mary, that she was still a virgin. She had no union with a man. And that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that He came to save us from sin. And if Jesus isn't that, what does Paul say? We're still in our sin. What's happening, people? Is, and I mean, I know you've been, you, you know, some of you probably, oh, Pastor Ed, you're taking this, you know, this liberal theology way too seriously. That's it. We're not taking it seriously enough. What's happening to the church? We're becoming an organization that a great many people in our church don't even believe our message anymore. We don't believe it. 
There are people that are, that, let's dialogue about this. You can't, that is a foundation of faith. When you were baptized, what creed was said when you were baptized? The Apostles' Creed, right? And part of the Apostles' Creed was that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died for our sins. That's what it's about. And now we're saying, but, but let's talk about that. Let's dialogue. Maybe our understanding is too, uh, too literal. Are you upset by this? And this is what we're dealing with today. And so, you know, as upset as I was by this, want to comfort and console you that it's really no different. That has been a heretical belief that has been in the church from the time of the resurrection. That there were people who just could not buy the fact that Jesus was the Son of God. That Jesus was the best person that possibly could have existed in all time and really, you know, was just a great man and really we should try to emulate him, but the divinity thing, we just can't go there. So it's always been there. But, you know, this is why that it is so important for us to, to not to ignore these beautiful accounts from the Gospel of Luke that bring us up to Christmas. Because, you know, if we listen, if we listen carefully to what Zechariah said, and we listen carefully to what happens in this, in, this, in this beautiful, beautiful account, it's history, it's not a parable, it's not a fable, it's not a story, it is history. This is, the beautiful, this is beautiful history of the people of God, where, where you have this man and this woman who their whole life want to have a child. They want to have a child because not having a child is more than just not having a child, not having a baby, but it, it, it's an idea, it's the understanding that, it, that God, they're not in God's favor. And yet then what God in his mercy does is he gives this woman and this man a child. And, and then, and, and this child is filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and there's unbelief, there's unfaith on the part of Zechariah. And he doesn't believe, he's not willing to believe. And the angel says, you are going to be mute. You will not be able to talk until the time that that child is born. And when the child is born, you will be able to. And, here, and, and you are to name him John. And here, here he is, he's, he's mute, he cannot speak. And then what happens is this child is born and they ask, what name should it be? And, and circumcision was a time in which a, a male child in Israel became a member of the covenant and was also given the name. And so they were assuming, you know, tradition, just follow. Give him the name of his dad, Zechariah. But John... And in Hebrew, it's Ion, which means God's grace. And so when he said, I want to name my son God's grace, that he's forgiven, that God opens his lips. That's why I pray every Sunday or every time I preach, I pray, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. 
I want to have a Zachariah experience when I know before I, before I take the pulpit, before I, 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 I begin to preach, Lord God, I want you to open my lips because if you do, then you will declare my, uh, that, your praise through my lips. It's not about the careful exegesis of the text. It's not about a text-critical analysis of it. It's about the Holy Spirit speaking through me. That's what I want. That's what I pray for. That's what we need. That's what we need in the church, is we need the Spirit to speak through us. That we tell these accounts, that we repeat these accounts, and we see them, and we say they're the truth, and it's history, and it's real. Because you know what? God's grace allows us to speak. It is by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit that we convey this message. In Zechariah says, you know what? That there is a baby. And he's referring to the Christ child. And that baby is a horn of God's salvation. Have you ever wondered about what that means? And he gives us a second clue. And the prophets talked about that. Well, if you look in the Old Testament in 2 Kings 22, you'll see that the horn, a single horn, was used and it was made out of metal. And there were two of them and it's a complicated story or account. But it stands for power. It stands for the power of a king. And so it was promised that from the line of David throughout the Psalms, that God was going to raise a horn and that's the strength and the power and that horn that God was going to raise up was going to bring salvation to the ends of the earth so Jesus the infant is the horn in utero at this time is the horn of salvation and the horn is the symbol of power in a beast and the horn is the symbol of the power of God. And so Jesus, this, this in, even in infancy, it, even before he's born, Zechariah through the Holy Spirit says, but he's there. He's done it. He, he's born because why? Why can he say that? Because the word of God promised it. And so as soon as that child was conceived, the word of God is true and it's going to happen. And our salvation, the horn of our salvation, the one who's going to bring our salvation, the one that's going to save us from our enemies, the one that's going to allow us to serve God in righteousness, the one that's going to save us from death, he's there and it's going to happen. It's 